right. So today I am so excited to talk to you about the world of pursuers. Um, last week on last that last episode that we did, I did the world of withdrawers and I hope that can open up your mind as you're, as you're thinking about whether or not you are a withdrawer or if my partner's a withdrawer. Um, I hope that that in listening to that, you can start to understand the good reasons that your partner does withdraw or the good reasons you do withdraw. And hopefully that will help give yourself some grace. But today I'm so excited to talk about the world of pursuers. This is the world I live in most of the time. And uh, I, I have a tendency to do both withdraw and pursue, depending on relationship, depending on what who I'm in the relationship with and things like that. But for the most part, I am a pursuer. And so I understand this world a little bit better maybe than a uh, world of withdrawers. And uh, although I feel like I'm definitely understanding the world of withdrawers a lot more, being married to one and in, in doing therapy. So um, I'm excited to share this with you because I think when we can understand the good reasons that we do what we do, it really helps us give not only ourselves grace and kind of show up for ourselves and, and maybe be okay with how we're showing up. Um, but it also helps us to change, right? I, I think the biggest thing we can't change if we don't know that we need to change or we don't know why we're doing what we're doing. And so I think that even just taking a deeper look at some of the reasons why we do what we do, sometimes it really helps to just navigate things a little differently, to, to show up differently for ourselves, to show up differently for our partner, to show up differently um, for people and, and make the choice whether or not that's how we want to keep showing up or if we want to change that. Um, sometimes it makes it a little easier. So I'm going to do a little bit uh, deeper dive into the world of pursuers. And uh, a lot of this information I've just gathered from being a therapist and um, diving into the the EFT world, emotionally focused therapy world, and and really understanding these different parts of the pattern um, in working with couples. So I, I'm going to give you some examples of why of how people pursue. And we're really we're really looking at those pursuer parts here. But um, I just want you to, if you're driving and listening to this, don't do this. But if you're somewhere where you can just even close your eyes and just imagine yourself being walked into a room by someone you love and told, you know, that you've got everything that you need and, but they're taking you someplace that's, I imagine it being dark. Um, I imagine it being in a basement. I imagine it being not very warm. Um, and, you feel strange there. It feels like this is different. Something is, something's going to happen. And you can imagine yourself being, you know, taken into this room. And then all of a sudden this person walks out of the room and locks the door. And you realize there's no, there's no handle on your side of the door. You can't get out. There's no windows. Maybe there's some food or something. They've maybe tried to make it comfortable for you. But as you realize that door has closed, you become panicked, you become desperate, you become sometimes feelings of betrayal, right? Especially if this is your, your, your partner, that the one that I'm supposed to rely on, count on, 
isn't ever supposed to hurt me. And they're the ones that are actually locking you in this room, right? Oftentimes, you know, it doesn't, I don't even care who finds me. I just want that human connection and I want to be found. Imagine yourself sitting there again, just close your eyes. And if you're somewhere safe that you can do that and, and imagine, let that panic sort of come over you, feel it in your chest, feel it in your stomach, feel it in your head, wherever you feel panic, imagine that for yourself because that's what it's like for a pursuer when their partner walks away, doesn't respond, turns their back. Pursuers often would rather have no some attention than no attention at all. So if I'm going to yell and scream and you're going to yell and scream back, I would rather fight than be silent because any, any little bit of human connection matters way more and is way more meaningful than being left alone. That is oftentimes the pursuer's biggest fear is being rejected, being left alone, being, being alone and being rejected, right? I'm putting you in this room because we'll get to this deeper part here in a minute, because you're unlovable, because something's wrong with you, because you've messed up, because you've disappointed me. And to feel that pain, that doesn't feel good. So I'm going to move away from that as quickly as I can. I'm going to, pursuers are doers. They are typically the person in the relationship that is always doing, right? They want to be appreciated. They want to, they want to be um, praised for their good work. And so oftentimes they do sacrifice more in terms of action or, or doing in a relationship than maybe their, their partners. Um, and that, that is, that is a real, you know, thing. If we look at like the fairness of things that pursuers are often seen doing more in their relationship, they're often seen, um, you know, if, if we're talking specifically about sex and we're talking about a, a pursuer for sex, oftentimes they're the ones that are trying to be romantic. They're making sure that everything's set up just right. They're trying, they're doing the seduction part and they're still being rejected by their partner. Um, and so looking at all the different ways that people can pursue. So, you know, biggest thing is why, why do people start to pursue? Why do they start to engage in some of these behaviors? And, and we'll talk a little bit about kind of these different behaviors, but they, they so desperately do not want to be rejected. They do not want to be alone. And when they feel that panic, that sense of aloneness, that sense of rejection, they try to move away from it. And as they move away from it, oftentimes that's when we see those pursuing behaviors. When we're talking about pursuing behaviors, there is all types and all different ways that people can pursue. Um, sometimes you can get really angry, very critical pursuer that um, maybe feels very blaming. Sometimes um, pursuers can be very loud. And oftentimes they're, they're the ones that are coming into therapy or into the therapy room, maybe a little bit more escalated, um, escalated 
louder, um, more intense. People sometimes sometimes have a hard time being around them because they're so critical or seen as negative. Um, sometimes they are very positive for, for various reasons. Sometimes they can be really soft and gentle suggestions of like, maybe you could do this better. Maybe we could do this better. Maybe you should try this. Um, they, they are not maybe as demanding as the angry or critical pursuer. Um, sometimes they, people pursue with actions. Um, and this is where it gets a little bit tricky because sometimes people pursue with action and, and even behaviors, right? Like I'm going to do all of these things for you. I want you to appreciate me. I'm going to, you know, make the kids' lunches and I'm going to do the laundry and I'm going to cook and clean and do all of these things because I want to be accepted by you. I want to be seen as appreciated by you, putting forth work and effort. I want to be praised by you. But then when the, it comes to emotional connection, sometimes those actions and their emotional experience are are different. And so it gets a little tricky. It feels a little, a little tricky in those spots. And so, um, really what are the actions, right? The, the actions, if they are trying to connect and then when the emotions do come, what happens, right? Do you, are they able to stick in there with those emotions, right? Going back to that window of tolerance that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Um, but, but emotionally, what can they handle? Oftentimes, and, and this tends to be more male pursuers, um, they show up very, they show up in the behaviors and in, and in doing, but then when their partner shows up and they want to connect emotionally, sometimes that is, is missed. And we're going to talk about kind of some ways to overcome that uh, during this episode as well, but some things that um, other ways that people pursue Sometimes people will describe their partners as being really controlling. Um, sometimes they will will talk about feeling like I'm having to walk on eggshells all the time, not to set my partner off. Um, a pursuant partner can also sometimes feel really overwhelming um, or get overwhelmed. They can feel sometimes chaotic and messy. On the other hand, there's also pursuers who are very structured, very disciplined, set boundaries, um, and and that's what their pursuing looks like. So to say that, you know, this is a pursuer and this is exactly what they look like is kind of hard because people can do it really, they can do anything. However, typically people tend to see them as being a little bit more critical a little bit more blaming, um, sometimes feel like, you know, it's got to be your way or the highway. Um, I'm walking on eggshells. Those are things that I hear from my couples all the time. And that, that typically tells me just what role that they're playing in their cycle. Um, a very, very common thing, regardless of how it's coming out behaviorally, is to question everything. Pursuers have such a busy mind, right? If you think about being in that room and in that panic state, right, of like, where's the door? How can I get out? I'm constantly thinking of like, well, maybe I could dig out. Maybe I could find this. Maybe I could do this. Maybe if I, you know, bang louder, maybe if I'm quiet, maybe if I'm, and they're constantly coming up or finding different strategies or ways to get any sort of human interaction, they are working so hard. The 
pursuers are often willing to sacrifice anything and everything um, just for that feeling of connection, that lack of um, loneliness. So they don't feel alone. They don't feel rejected or abandoned by their partner. Um, and oftentimes they question, what more could I do? And that questioning is usually on the outside until we've done this cycle and dance for a really long time or we've been really hurt. And then oftentimes it comes, it turns inward and they start to tear themselves apart. What's wrong with me? Um, I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good mother. I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good partner. Um, oftentimes they, they start to feel like they really, truly are unlovable for them, for their partner, for anyone. And, and this is the place that, you know, if we just let that sink in, you know, our part, our pursuer partners really are working so, so hard to be appreciated. And then they find themselves alone. And then they finally get brave enough or they get enough courage up to kind of talk to their partner and say, Hey, I need this from you, or I'm not feeling so great about this. And usually that's done usually in not a soft, gentle manner. It's, well, you need to do more. I, I can't do this all by myself anymore. I I'm tired of showing up for our kids all the time. You're never around. Um, whatever it is, I'm, I'm doing this all alone. They start to voice how they're starting to feel alone and their partner feels criticized. Their partner feels uh, maybe a little bit of anger or frustration. And that's what they see. They don't see their partner sees the frustration, the anger, and they respond to that rather than to this desperate place where they just want to be loved by their partner. They just want to be let in. And so when we look at that, right, that first wave comes and then all of a sudden I'm voicing my opinion or I'm voicing, you know, this, this really desperate place for me where I'm starting to really feel this panic. And then my partner says, oh yeah, this is why, this is why I don't come home. This is why I stay at work longer because when I do come home, I, you just criticize me. I can't do anything right. I, uh, just sit in front of the TV or I turn on my phone or I go out to the shed or I go for a walk or whatever it is. Like I go away because all I do is get criticized by you. And that frustration from their partner, from the pursuing partner gets turned into their fault. It becomes their fault instead of their partner being able to respond to them in, I get it and I'm so sorry, and you are awesome, and you're appreciated, and I'm grateful for you, and here's all the ways that I see you working so hard for our relationship. They typically don't get that from their withdrawing partner, right? Their partner starts to feel, their withdrawing partner starts to feel that criticism or that hint of blame or, or the frustration, just the frustration from the pursuing partner, and Oftentimes the withdrawer can't hang in that emotion and they go away. Leaving the, the pursuant partner, right? Their mind is so busy. They're just going, 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 constantly questioning, constantly making, you know, this and A equals B equals C equals D and constantly going. 
and their partner takes that turning away or going away from them as what's wrong with me. And you don't want to have, it is all my fault because I got frustrated. I got angry. And the more I get angry, the more or frustrated or show my frustration, I, the, the more upset you get. So the more upset you get, the more I don't want to share, the more lonely I feel, the more rejected I feel, the more alone in this relationship I feel. And here I am just trying so, so desperately and so, so hard to put my very best foot forward. And I'm just getting rejected. Why on earth would I share this part of you, of myself, that feels like I'm defective, like something's wrong with me, like I'm unlovable? And oftentimes that's where pursuers go after we've done this dance for a while. They've learned that somewhere along the way. Whether that be from, you know, parents not showing up for them or just how they've responded. They've learned how to respond to the world, to the emotional world around them. Um, when I start to feel at this unlovable place of maybe it is me, what's wrong with me? Why does it matter? Why, why do I care so much? Why am I putting in so much work? This honestly is... One of the things that I look for when couples come in is, is these burnt out pursuers. 